Hello, hello! We are back at it again with the Metamorphosis Wellness Podcast. You guys, it has been a long time since I've been on the pod. I literally had a freaking baby! So the podcast today is going to be all about her birth story, how things have kind of changed and shifted with me as a woman, talk about postpartum, talk about the journey from pregnancy into motherhood and everything kind of in between. So buckle up if this is something you're interested in and we'll get started. So I will go ahead and preface all of this with if you do happen to hear a baby crying in the background, that is literally my baby. She's going down for a nap right now and she's not happy about it. So, I mean, that's just the realness that is being on the pod with a new mother. I'm not really that new of a mother. She's actually almost five months old. Oh my God. So this podcast, totally unexpected. I thought, you know what? I have some time while she's napping. I'm going to bust it out. And I haven't talked about really anything or relating to her birth since she's been born. I was very active on social media. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you will know that I was very transparent throughout the actual birthing process as well as the postpartum period. I got a ton of hits on my social media pages during the postpartum period for being so transparent about how hard it was. So I'm going to be touching a little bit about that on here, but mostly I'm going to be talking about the actual birth story and the birthing process, which was something that was very traumatizing for me. I will say that if you struggle with birth trauma and maybe this could be a sensitive topic for you, maybe it's best to skip this episode and meet us back here for the next one. But if all feels well, we're just going to dive right in. So my due date was September 14th, 2022. 2022 you guys can we believe um and I went a week over so like I said I'm going to be referring to my social media a lot on this page if you do not follow me my at is Riley Canyo K-R-I-L-E-Y-K-V-N-Y-O cheeky little upside down a with the v so feel free to go over there and follow me on that page I do have my birth story or my birthday as well as my Um, postpartum highlights ready to go if you're interested in what it is that I'm kind of talking about but I went over a week I was overdue I was freaking miserable so me and my doctor made the collective decision to induce me on 41 weeks and I had mixed feelings about this just to kind of backtrack I had spent my entire pregnancy planning for a natural birth and I don't even like using that term because I think it gives c-section moms a little bit of shame or guilt because it feels like it's an unnatural way to birth when in reality we're so lucky we have that option. Um, But I had gone through my whole pregnancy, for lack of a better term, planning for a natural birth. I wanted to do no painkillers. I wanted to bring her in in the most amazing way possible. I was reading the books. I was doing the prenatal yoga. I was staying active so that I could have like a really successful vaginal birth. I was just doing anything and everything, drinking the tea, collecting the colostrum, everything. Even my doctor was like, holy shit, you're just doing all the things, girl. Crazy. So when things were not working out and we induced, I was like, okay, this feels unnatural. I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm so freaking done with being pregnant. I could actually die. So screw it. We're going to go ahead with it. I'll, I'll deal with it as the day comes. So the day comes and I'm still like, oh, you know what? I just really want this baby here. But I I also am torn between wanting to wait. So once again, I'm going for all these walks. I walked down this like crazy hill that supposedly puts people into labor. The day rolls around. She's still not coming naturally. So I go in and the whole time I'm getting induced, I'm feeling a little bit like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So Long story short, they gave me Cervidil, which basically looks like a little flat tampon that they stick way up inside the vagina 
up to the opening of the cervix to kind of soften the cervix and get things rolling, help start contractions. It has hormones in it or something. I'm sure I'm like not going to pretend like I know anything about what I'm talking about, especially because it was such a blur. So they gave me that. They monitor baby on the little um, monitor that they strap on your belly. It's so long and boring. And then they send you home. So basically, if contractions start and you're ready to go, you're like at the point where your contractions are three minutes apart, one minute long, one minute. I don't know what the thing is. Three, one, one, something. Then they say, come back in. You're ready to go. You're in full labor. Um, So that didn't happen for me. Halfway through the day, I had a gush of water come out and I thought, oh my God, yay, my water's breaking. Did not happen. The cervidil actually just fell out. I I obviously peed a bit or something. Um, And I had to go back in for another one. So I ended up going straight into early labor throughout the night. It was pretty aggressive. I actually, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but I loved the feeling of contractions. I am a freak. Even my doctor said, what the hell are you talking about? Nobody likes the feeling of contractions. They were brutal, but Chris was sleeping. I got sent home with the extra Cervidil. They gave me a sleeping pill pill so that I could get through the night because I was really anxious, so excited, just all of the feelings. I took the sleeping pill and I think I woke up like 45 minutes later with crazy contractions. So I was up, I was moaning, like going into hands and knees on the bed while Chris was just snoozing soundly beside me. And finally I was like, I cannot freaking do this. So I went and got into the bath and I labored in there for about an hour. So I was tracking everything. My contractions seemed to be about at the point where you're supposed to go into the hospital. You guys, I can't remember what the numbers are, but it's something like if they're one minute long with two minute break consistently for a certain amount of time, then you're supposed to go in. So I was tracking that thing like crazy because it was also taking my mind off of the contractions. And finally, I woke Chris up and I was like, I am fucking dying. My back was on fire. Fire. It felt like somebody was breaking my lower back. The contractions, obviously, crazy painful. And Chris had said, okay, I really think after watching me for about an hour or two and hearing me scream like a goat shoving a baby out of its literal vag, he was like, okay, I think maybe you need to go to the hospital for some painkillers. So already I was in so much pain and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I actually agree. I actually agree. I'm going to do it. And the whole time I had this shame in the back of my head surrounding going to get painkillers, but I thought, this is going to be a long freaking day. This is just, we went in to get checked basically. And then if they said, oh, you're going back home, I was like, I'll take painkillers. So we go in, they say that I'm, I'm a little more dilated, but we're not ready. We're not there. So the pain is so bad. So they give me some morphine and some gravel and I go home and it doesn't necessarily take the pain away. I can still feel the contractions, but it let me rest a little bit. So I was able to like close my eyes. I had a magic bag on my back at all times and a heating pad strapped to my stomach at all times. And I think we we went in at around 6 a.m. They told us to come back at 8 a.m. So I got to kind of rest for a little bit. Chris had a shower. I was dying. He was the cutest thing ever. He actually brought me one of her little baby socks and handed it to me while I was contracting. And he said, maybe this will help you get through it. Maybe this will, will give you some insight as to like why we're doing this. And it was so cute. I held onto that little sock most of labor. So long story short, we go back to the hospital at 8 a.m. And they say, yep, things are moving along. All is well. We'll get the doctor in here. They had to keep me strapped up to the fetal monitor, which was so annoying because in movies, you just you see people walking around and having a good time. And meanwhile, there's this nurse with her hand on my belly for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I was like, Jesus, this is so annoying. (laughs) Not my favorite part of labor. 
So we get there and we wait to see the doctor. Everything's good. She finally comes in at around maybe 10 a.m. And she says, okay, you're three to four centimeters dilated. We are going to break your water. And I was, I, it was the most proud I've ever felt. I didn't even actually do anything, but it was the most proud I've ever felt. So she has a practice close to the hospital. So she had to go back and deal with patients. They got me a room and then she came back to break my water. And basically the whole labor process is so long and I'm not going to walk through all of it because a lot of this is just me contracting and then waiting for the doctor. Um, the one funny thing I'll say is I follow the manifestation babe, Catherine Zankina on Instagram and she tried for a, her birth story is pretty crazy. Um, but she had said that her doula or her midwife had said that if you hold a comb and on the teeth side, you stick that into your palm and you squeeze it during labor, it's supposed to help you avoid needing an epidural or um, medical intervention really in terms of painkillers. So the whole time I'm gripping this freaking comb, like my life depends on it during contractions. And I'd read in all of the books that I'd read and all of the Instagram pages I followed that you also should not stifle your moans and like your screams from the pain. So I'm holding this comb for hours and I'm just moaning like a freaking cow. Like it was insane, but felt so good to actually let the pain like go through my body and come out of my mouth hole. Um, and so I got to the point where I was like, screw it. I'll take the laughing gas. That seems like the lesser of the pain, you know, management options that they're giving me. And that was awesome. I'm sober. So I haven't done drugs or had a drink in close to six years. And that was a good time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, good time putting the mask on. I actually, for whenever a contraction was really bad, I would just put it on and labor and, um, through the contraction or hold through the contraction with the mask on my face. And then once it passed, I'd come off and I'd take a big breath. Um, but basically I was squeezing the crap out of a comb and squeezing the crap out of Chris's hand and laughing with the nurses between contractions are so crazy because during the pain you're like dying but they pass in like 15 seconds or 30 seconds and then you're just talking and you're totally fine so we had an amazing support staff on the prenatal floor in Nanaimo it was the most amazing experience I could have ever asked for as far as doing a hospital birth um so we're just dicking around, we're playing around, we're laughing with the nurses, we're laughing with Chris, I'm screaming my way through contractions, and the doctor comes back to pop my water, pop my water, break my water, um, and that was, you guys, the best feeling I've ever felt. I'm such a freak for labor. I loved every step of it. Love, love, loved. Not only is it like this miraculous thing, but you're so amazed by what your body is doing. At least that was my experience. And um, the feeling of the water breaking was just like the best gush ever. And so I was so shocked by how much water comes out. It's just like, I don't even understand how that much water is in our body. It's the amniotic fluid. Like, it's freaking crazy. Um, so right before she actually broke my water, Chris had convinced me to get an epidural. So I was sobbing, but I was in so much pain. If you guys had a picture of what I looked like at this point in labor, Chris was like, babe, you've been laboring for like a really fucking long time. We don't know how much longer this is going to take. Like, you look like shit. Um... He's like, I can't do this anymore. I didn't realize how hard labor is on the men. Like he was really struggling with watching me be in so much pain and he's just powerless. He can't do anything to help me. So he convinced me to get that epidural. I really didn't want to. I actually cried. Um, but you know what? I got it. I was dying of pain. It really, nothing I was doing was working. Laughing gas really does not work for any pain. I'm just going to put that out there. If anything, it makes you feel just like a little loopy so you can get through it. So I got that epidural. 
Um, it was very scary because they're giving you the needle into your freaking spine and they're saying, don't move, don't move, don't move. So the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, I could be freaking paralyzed if I move. And the sweet anesthesiologist is saying, don't move, don't move, don't move. And all of a sudden I have the most brutal contraction coming on and I had back labor. So that's another thing I should say. I actually got the sterile water shots, which is when they put three little shots of sterile water into your lower back to try to help with back labor, which is another like natural um, approach you can take to pain management. So I tried all of the natural options before I went to medication or the laughing gas or the epidural and nothing worked. I do... I don't know because I don't know what labor feels like without the back labor, but I do think that if I didn't have the back labor, I could have probably gone longer or potentially not gotten the epidural, but the back labor was brutal. Like I had never felt anything like that in my back. It was absolutely insane. So this guy's giving me this epidural. He's saying, do not move, do not move. And I'm like, oh my God, this insane contractions coming on. My body's like convulsing. I can't not freaking move or scream or whatever. Um, And so I do, but I'm trying so hard to stay still. Thank God I'm like, my two legs are working. (laughs) Everything worked out fine. And once the epidural hit, you guys, modern medicine is amazing. That's all I'm going to say. I was like, I could pop a baby out every single day if A, the recovery wasn't so crazy. Um, And B, I had an epidural. Like by the time that epidural kicked in, I was like just laughing. I was like clowning it up in the bed, freaking just like all the things. And my epidural was really good too because I could actually move my legs. I couldn't feel anything, but I could move my legs and I could still sense the contractions, but I had no pain. So I was like, holy shit, this is freaking amazing. The shame was still prevalent. I did still feel like, oh, if I'm not feeling the pain, in labor then it makes me not as worthy of this child um it makes me not have the same experience that maybe other women did I'm somebody who likes pain like I exercise for a living basically um yeah I definitely had some weird feelings about it but that epidural was amazing I I would still like to try for a natural childbirth at some point but now that I know what that entails, I'm not afraid of it. And I actually think it's just so amazing. And I'm so grateful that we do have that for women that are struggling with the pain or need it and desire a pain-free labor, like amazing. So, um, the doctor comes back to check me because I was only five, six centimeters dilated at that point when she broke my water. And so she'd said, okay, you know, obviously we need to wait till 10 centimeters to push. I'll come back later. So she had come back. She was checking me and she had said, okay, something's not right. Like you're not moving along. You're not getting more dilated. Things aren't changing. Things are stalling. Like your labels, your labor has stalled. And at some point they were struggling to check my babies. They couldn't sense her on the monitor, which was no big deal. Essentially what they did was they just did an internal probe instead of keeping the um, actual harness thing on my belly. So this was another reason I got an epidural. Like everything went to shit, you guys, that I had planned. Don't have a plan for labor. You can have a guideline that you hope will work out, but like if you're stuck set on a plan, dead set on a plan, shit's just going to come your way. Probably won't work out the way you want it to. If it does freaking amazing for you. Um, but they actually ended up putting an internal probe in, which kind of clips onto baby's head. So they monitor her that way. Um, they literally put the probe in and then I said, okay, I'm ready to go. Labor's getting pretty bad. I'm ready to go and sit in the hot bath. 
for pain management before I got my epidural. And they said, oh, you can't go in the bath because we just did the internal probe. Like, there's no way. So that was when I decided to get the epidural because I was bawling because I couldn't get the bath. And then Chris was like, babe, you know what? Just fucking get it. And I was like, all right, I'm fucking getting it. So I'm going kind of all over the place here, but it was a while ago and I haven't talked about it in a long time. So the doctor comes and she's like, labor has stalled. I don't understand what's happening. She reaches her hand into me. And at this point, you're just used to anybody, like basically just going right up in there. Um, I honestly swear, like the janitor could have come and put his hand inside of my vagina. And I would have just been like, what's up? Get on in here. Because at that point, you just don't care. Everybody's seen everything. You're not worried. It's actually kind of an empowering situation. You're just like, this is me. Get it in ya. So she's feeling around and all of a sudden she has this look of like distress on her face and I'm like what is happening what is happening like let's go I'm excited I want to meet my baby I'm ready to push and all of a sudden she says so when I'm reaching my hand in I'm feeling an ear and I am not supposed to be feeling an ear and I'm like what the fuck do you mean you're feeling an ear so I'm like okay no worries like maybe we just gotta wait it out baby's gotta do a little dance in there turn her way get right into the pelvic cavity ready to come out um and so she says I'm actually gonna go consult with the OB on the floor who is um here right now and I'll be back so I'm like all right I'm stressed out but like whatever we'll work it out I'll do whatever I need to do I'll change positions I'll get baby ready to come So she comes back in with the OB, the OB for the millionth person to shove their hand in me, shoves her hand in me. And so then she's concerned and they look at each other and they say, so baby is not in a position that she's ever going to be coming out naturally. Her ear is, she's ear presenting, which means that she's trying to come out sideways. Her head and neck is cocked, blocking her ability to actually even get in proper positioning and if you push, it can do damage to her neck. It can do damage to her spine. It's not safe. So we need to get you in for an emergency C-section. And I'm thinking like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm crying harder than I think I've ever cried in my life. I haven't cried this hard over deaths. I haven't cried this hard over my parents' divorce. I'm sobbing hysterically. And my doctor is sitting there saying, I know that you did everything and she's being so sweet it was honestly exactly what I needed in that moment and I'm sobbing hysterically and she's saying I know you did everything I know you did the yoga I know you did the walking I know you took the tea I know you did the classes I know you did the breathing I know you did blah 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 there is no way that this baby is coming out baby has decided that baby is coming out c-section this is not safe for you and it's not safe for baby so I was dead set the day we went in to get induced the day before I actually gave birth. I had said to Chris, remember to tell them I am not getting a C-section unless it is absolutely necessary. And I'll just own that I thought a C-section was an easy out. I thought C-section mamas were like lazy. I thought that it was, and I'm going to get slack, like some flack for this, but I don't care. Like this is my honest opinion because I didn't know anything. And I think you just don't know what you don't know until you know it. I just thought C-section is an easy out. I want to have the beautiful, magical experience. And I said this my whole pregnancy. And I really regret saying this because C-section is not freaking easy. It is not an easy out. The recovery is way harder than a vaginal birth. And it was it was difficult. And it was it was very sad. It made me feel like less of a mother. So they wheel us in. I'm very upset. As I'm getting ready, they're giving me another spinal tap so that basically my whole body is numb now so that they can cut out this baby. 
Um, And while they're doing that, I start having violent anxiety and I feel really sick. And I say, I do not feel well. I'm about to puke. The anesthesiologist at that point was a different one and he was a mega asshole. Um, And he was just like, just a dick. Um, So they give me a bag as they're wheeling me out. I'm puking. I can't move because I'm freaking paralyzed from my collarbone down. And I puke all over the side of my bed. I puke all in my hair. And they are still just rushing me out. And I'm like, you guys, what is the freaking rush? Like, you've said everything stalled. You've said there's not a big issue. Turns out the doctor told us this another day. They put that internal probe in up on her head to monitor her. But when the doctor realized she was ear presenting, she was concerned that the probe actually went into my daughter's eye. And if that had been the case, she would have lost her eye. So that was why they were rushing so much. But of course, she didn't tell me this until she potentially needed to. She ended up telling me this two days after um, I had my daughter when things were all good. We were in the clear. Of course, the probe was not on her eye. It did go near her there. It went right on her temple. So thank goodness for that. Um, But that was why they were rushing. So I'm getting put into the ER with puke all over me. I don't know what's happening. They wheel me into this sterile, bright, white light room. Um, and it was just like, here we go. And all of a sudden my body starts convulsing violently, like violently convulsing. It felt like I was seizing on the table the entire time to the point where my jaw had seized up and all of my muscles seized up and it hurt so, so, so bad. And I like, my voice was shaking. Everything was shaking. And apparently this is pretty common, a common reaction from the spinal tap. And some women can get this from an epidural as well. Um, but it, it was torturous. I did have a little bit of shaking with the epidural, but because that was just the waist down, I didn't experience it to this degree. Whereas the spinal tap is a much more intensive, like paralytic, I guess. Um, so that was really hard. I was shaking. I couldn't keep my arms down. Um, the anesthesiologist was being a dick about me moving because the blood pressure cuff kept getting bumped. And I was like, bro, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I literally want to die. This is so horrible. Um, And Chris was just kind of rubbing my head. And so finally, I hear her little cry. And they said, before I heard anything, they said, dad, you can stand up now if you want to see. And Chris stood up. Oh, I could bawl. Um, And he stood up and I heard a teeny little cry. And I was in so much pain convulsing. I can't even describe the muscle pain that I felt when you're supposed to not feel it. It was so frustrating. Um... And I started to cry when I heard her cry. And finally, they, I said to, the first thing I said to Chris was, does she have hair? <laughs> and he said, a little bit. Um, and then they kept pulling her out. They kept pulling her out. They were slowly cleaning her up. I heard her cry a little bit more. And she had the cutest cry I've ever heard. And then they finally showed her to me. And I just started bawling. And the first thought I actually had was, oh, my God, she looks so much like my dad. <laughs> And she looked like this tiny little beluga whale because her head had been stuck where like she wasn't coming out. So her head had been stuck in my pelvis. So she had a tiny little bump on her forehead. So she looked like a little beluga whale. And um, she was healthy. She was eight pound, four ounces. Chris got to cut the umbilical cord and then they got to wheel her over to me. I was very upset. I didn't get to do skin to skin, but I did get to do a little bit of face to face with her. I asked if I could kiss her and it was crazy because they pulled her out and she was crying and the second they put her on me she stopped crying and just sat there so silently and so still and it was the most amazing moment I've ever experienced in my entire life. It was like I am this baby's mother. I love her to death. We named her Ruby Love Allison 
and she knows I'm her mom because she stopped crying the second we touched and it was the most special thing so they went and they changed her little bum they took her stats they brought her back over to me but the hardest part of all of this so much of it was hard but I'm sitting there with this beautiful little miracle that is my daughter and I'm still convulsing so badly that it's at one point she's sitting there beside my face and Chris is holding her that I turn away from her because I'm in so much muscular pain in my head, my neck, my jaw. I swear to God, my whole body, I could feel my abdominal muscles so sore, even though I couldn't feel them cutting into me or anything. Everything hurt from the convulsing that I actually turned away because I couldn't enjoy my time with my daughter. I couldn't enjoy the miracle that it was. And that was like the hardest thing ever. This is supposed to be this big, beautiful, magical moment. And I have to turn away. I can't even be present because I'm in, in pain, right? Um, so Ruby was so healthy. They took Chris out. She actually ended up um, sucking her two middle fingers. So her middle and her ring finger, she stuck in her mouth and sucked them. And apparently that's what Chris did when he, did when he was a baby. So he has a video of her like minutes old laying beside him all bundled up with her little hand-sewn toque that they have at the hospital and he says that's my girl he said that's how I knew she was my little daughter was she stuck her little fingers in her mouth and she sucked them just like I did it was so cute so they give me my baby when we're wheeling out my sister ended up getting there she was supposed to be there for the actual labor but of course we went into the c-section so she was waiting in my room when we got back and the second they had given Ruby to me, I was still convulsing pretty hard. But within minutes, my convulsing stopped because Ruby and I actually helped regulate each other, which was so another just such magical op like opportunity to get to experience that um, and live that was crazy. And um, she's just the happiest, healthiest little baby. And I just love her so much, obviously. So I think I'm going to come on here and I'm actually going to separate this podcast into two or three kind of episodes because the feelings I experienced postpartum, the second after we got back into that room with Ruby, it's a whole other thing. Like it's a whole other experience. So the birthday was a whole experience itself. The postpartum first couple of weeks, a whole other experience in and of itself. And then after that, the motherhood journey now and life now with a baby as opposed to a tiny, tiny, tiny newborn infant is all so different. It changes so much and it changes so fast. And it's just not something that can be talked about in one podcast episode. So I think I'm going to actually end it here and just say my beautiful baby girl is the best thing that's ever happened to me and is also the hardest thing I've ever endured to bring her into the world and also endured to keep her healthy and keep her happy and keep her feeling loved. And moms, I feel like if you are not wanting to feel alone in any of your experiences, or if you're listening to this and you're pregnant, or you think that you might want children one day, this is going to be a very eye-opening couple of podcast episodes because I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit but I'm also not going to only talk about the bad there were some very hard experiences labor was one of those very hard experiences but there were some experiences that were so sweet that I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and could not stop if my life depended on it because I could not believe that this was my life and I could not believe that I got to witness the miracle that was my daughter coming into this world and let me tell you the second I looked into her eyes 
the one thing that will still remain true for me until the day I die is I looked into her eyes and I knew that heaven was real. I knew that this baby had seen amazing, incredible things. I knew that there was something far greater than me. I'm not necessarily a big God person, but I am a very spiritual person who believes in a higher power. And seeing her solidified that a hundred times over. And if I could relive that moment a hundred times over, I would. But also I get to relive that moment every single day when I get to look into her little eyes. So I'm so grateful also for modern medicine. I'm going to end with that. Um, If this had been back in the time where you know, birth was all natural and we just birthed our babies in in the forest with a group of women around us, which I literally said that's what I wanted. (laughs) I wanted to do a home birth and I really think I'm so grateful that I didn't get the opportunity to do that. Nobody would actually let me do that because they said, this is your first birth. I I really want it to be safe is what Chris and my dad had said at least. Um, Thank God, because if I had tried to do a natural birth, it could have ended badly. If I had been experiencing this this type of labor you know 200 years ago I would have died and Ruby would have died and I just think thank god it's really easy to poo-poo all over the medical system and I totally get that I'm somebody who's also done that I struggle a lot with medical care and what it looks like these days and I always think oh you know doctors just want to quickly do a c-section because it's easier um they're exhausted it's like an easy intervention in an hour and then you're done blah 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 but if I hadn't had that c-section things just would not have gone well it wouldn't be the same story that I'm saying here where I'm saying I have a very healthy beautiful baby um and I'm healthy and you know living to tell the tale so thank god for modern medicine thank god for epidurals thank god for whatever you decide is right for your birth and also, you know, there's something really sad about your story and your my birth not going the way that I wanted it to go. But there was also a big lesson in that. And my go-to in my life has been to try to control every little thing down to, you know, the last little speckle of information. And that was exactly my birth plan. I had said, I don't want any students near me or my birthing room. There was a student who actually gave me my induction which was like the first sign that nothing was gonna work out I'd said no c-section I got a c-section I'd said no painkillers I got some painkillers like everything went wrong I said a bath for pain intervention no bath everything went wrong and that was such a lesson in I don't know shit I don't control the world I don't get to control every single outcome Sometimes I just need to surrender and that is something that I'm really trying to teach other moms or pregnant women when it comes to their labor. Expect nothing and be present for everything is the is the one piece of advice that I wish someone had told me and read up about all of it. I didn't even read about C-sections because I was so dead set on I will not need a C-section. Like looking back that's actually insane to think that I had any say, but that's how intense I was about it. So read up on everything, inform yourself um in an empowered way of what c- things could look like for you and what you prefer them to look like, but if that doesn't work, how do I be okay with the alternative? And really, at the end of the day, happy, healthy baby, happy, healthy mommy is all that matters. Um, And whatever it looks like for you to get there is what it looks like for you to get there. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about the actual fresh postpartum period here tomorrow. I'm excited for that. Tune in. I'll be posting about this on my social media as well. And uh, in the meantime, I hope you guys all have an amazing, amazing, amazing rest of your day. I'm so happy to be sharing this with you guys. It feels like a yummy experience for me. My soul is like, yes, 
now was the time to start sharing it. So thanks for being here and we'll chat again tomorrow. Take care.